This episode of Bomba Breakdown is dedicated to Willens Asadia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. Um, it's kind of pretty early on a Wednesday, Wednesday. morning. Wednesday, Clearly very early, Max is even the day of the week. Yep, yep, I was kind of figuring that out as as we went. Um, and hey, it hasn't been a bad week for the Twins. And look at this consistency out of me and Malcolm. I mean, you know, we're hoping to get a pretty pretty decent schedule up. Um, no promises, unfortunately, but, um, anyways, let's get to talking baseball. Malcolm, you want to start with, uh, what's been going on for the twins? I'd love to. In the last week or the six games we want to talk about anyways, the twins have taken four out of their last six. They went, took three of four from the Houston Astros in Houston, and now have taken one of two from the White Sox and play a third tonight, so. It's been a pretty good stretch of Twins baseball, playing some of the top teams in the American League, or two of the three or four top teams, and playing winning baseball. And obviously it's too late to turn anything around for a season, but it's fun to see this ball club doing what they can do, even if it's kind of... it's. Oh, there's a little part of me that's annoyed by it now, because it's like, seriously, you can do this? Why haven't you done this all along? But also, like, it's just good to see these guys doing what they can do, because I... I love watching them play baseball, and so when they are, it's really exciting. Yeah, I feel like we got rid of all the waste, you know? We got rid of Hansel Robles. We got rid of Jay Happ, you know? Guys like that. Max, you see Jay Happ went six shot out of Ings last night? What is that? What is that about? Dude, I – that's. I mean, it was the Pirates, but still. Yeah, I don't know. It's – dude, that (laughs) – it's just like us. Um, But – I still feel like we won that trade, no, without any doubt in my mind, um, so far. And I'll get to that in a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, on Thursday, August 5th, there we go. I do remember the days. Um, the Twins took on the Houston Astros, the AL leaders. And uh, they took this game 5-3. to three. Real, real good pitched game by uh, Twins legend Griffin Jacks. After that first real, real, real rough outing, he has bounced back and he's got like a two six eight ERA in his past four starts. He's looking like a big league starter and he's had like two against the Sox, uh, one against the Strohs and like against the Cardinals, I think. But um, then Theo Bar, Duffy, Alcala, uh, Col- Column, and Column A all came in and um, Danny Column gave up a couple runs. But besides that, the bullpen looked pretty good. Um, on the offensive side, Rob Refsnyder was um, – he provided a very significant um, part of the Twins' offense. And, hey, Twins uh, beat the Astros away. Yeah, not easy to do. Uh, just straight up outplayed them that game. Everything up and down the lineup, through the pitching staff, we were the better team that day. And we haven't been all season, but it was good to see. It wasn't just, like, a lucky win. We – Played good baseball all the way through. Yep, yep. All right. Then, moving on to Friday, Twins took on the Astros again. And yet another win. 
I mean, that was just, that was, that was awesome. Uh, so let's talk about what happened. Bailey Ober was on the bump against Zach Granke. Um, they both gave up three innings, Granke over six, Ober over five. Ober didn't look amazing, but I wasn't like, I wasn't, you know, terribly mad with him. He just gave up a lot of hits. That was, that was it. And I'm happy with that outing from him though. Only one really, walk to five strikeouts is a good And it's probably the best. I'd call it the best lineup, at least in the American League right now, if not in the NFL in the entire league, just with the way they've been performing. Then John Gant, who we acquired in the Cardinals trade, came in, worked a really good inning. Duffy, Alcala, Colome, Colum, and Minaya all came in. Colum, another um, run given up. He's been, he's been definitely struggling recently. Um, but overall, the Twins... Uh, take the win in this one. Um, thanks to what did we have as far as scoring goes? Um, well, it was 3 3 going into extras. Um, we scored one in the top of the 10th, and then they scored one in the bottom of the 10th to keep it tied. And oh, then yeah. Twins scored in the top of the 11th on a Josh Donaldson single to bring in Jorge Polanco and give us the lead. And then Juan Manaya was able to shut it down. And close yeah. out the game. Yeah, he's been really good as well. Um, and then we're going to move on to Saturday. Uh, Astros uh, kind of whooped up on the Twins. Apparently they had a pretty good start. John Gant, Caleb Theobars struggled, but um, the offense just could not get going. Uh, against Luis Garcia, who I like Luis Garcia. I wouldn't be um, too mad if the Twins gave up, like, a decent portion of something for Luis Garcia because he's got real good stuff, really nice curveball, and um, you know the Astros bullpen is just too strong, and their offense is just too strong for the Minnesota Twins. But the Twins still had the chance to win the series, and they did just that on Sunday with a seven to five victory over the Houston Astros. Kent Maeda went three innings or five innings, three runs. Then Manai, Duffy, Column, Alcala, and Colome. Um And I don't know. I mean, the offense the offense worked. The offense was, worked. Yeah, it was not great pitching, but we hit the ball around, and that was enough to do it. Um, Kepler went three for six, so his first three-hit game since opening day. Yeah. Uh, good to see him. He's been hitting the ball well really ever since July. Like, he's turned it around a little bit. But still only a two eleven average. It's yeah. been, but it's, the at bats have been looking better. He looked lost in May, just completely yeah. lost. And it's been fun to see him hitting well. Polanco had two hits, four RBIs. He had a big two game, homers. two home yeah. runs. Yeah, that was that game. He's been crazy hot. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Rise of the pair of hits, and know with the pair of hits, including a home run that was absolutely hammered. That ball went so far, it was crazy. It was up oh, on yeah. the train tracks that minute made. You don't see a whole lot crazy. of balls go there. So not a great outing, but. Got the job done by Maeda. I mean, the offense, when you hit like that, it's hard to lose games, though. To be fair, the Twins have found a decent number of those games to lose this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, something that I've been happy with is the Twins are like 42-20, and 20, like before this series, when their pitching gives up less than five runs. And in this series, they gave up three runs, four runs, four runs again. That was the one loss we took was four runs, so that, that, you know, that was just a kind of a fluke by our offense, and then a win with five runs. So our offense has been perfect, but now that our pitching was competent in that series against a really good lineup, that's how we won those games. And I feel like 
it's been like I don't want to call it the missing piece. I don't. I'm not saying our season is revived, but we're. I feel like we we could play some better baseball now. Um, yeah, I'd then, say Max that there's no question this team's going to hit this year, yeah. next year, the year after. You look at the amount of top high level minor league prospects that are hitters that are nearly major league ready, and the amount of guys we already have in our in the big leagues that are big hitters. I mean, just like. Young guys are going to be in the lineup next year. you got Kirloff and Larnick, but also Royce Lewis could be called up, or Austin Martin, Luis Arise. Um, like, just so many good hitters. Nick Gordon has hit really well for us that it's hard to not see this lineup hitting. The question is, are we going to be able to pitch well enough to take advantage of that hitting? And I think that we will. I just think that it won't be right away because the pitching's a little further out, most of it. But we've seen Bailey Ober and Griffin Jacks pitch pretty well recently. And they're two guys that'll factor into the, probably not the top of our rotation, but the bottom of our rotation over the next few years. It could be a big part of our success is how well those guys mature. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I, I'm not, I, I don't know. I feel like Bailey Ober, is, he's probably not going to be a top of the rotation guy by any means. But we're really looking for guys to fill in at these, you know, three, four, five spots. I feel like if the Twins keep, you know, Maeda Pineda going, they've still got some years left. And I feel like Pineda can have a really good bounce back season. Um, Jordan Belazovic, um, Joe Ryan, Drew Strotman, all options. Randy Dobnak, um, maybe Lewis Thorpe. Devin Smeltzer's still a person. Uh, we can make a free agent signing. I just, I don't know. I don't like Devin Smeltzer. I'm sorry. Um, you know, if you're listening to this, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. I like to get to talking sometime, but, um, and I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. But, um, I digress. The twins starting on Monday went for a series against the, uh, second best team in the American league. I'm pretty sure. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're the best team in the AL central though, by far. Anyways, as far as record one, goes. Yeah. Yeah. Game one. Uh, yeah, right. We're, yeah, we're the Kings. Yeah. Um, game one, let's not talk about 11 to one loss. Uh, Bo Burrows saying a lot, probably the worst, you know, starter reliever I've seen on the twins this year. Again, saying a lot. Then Edgar Garcia comes in, gives up, uh, one run over two in the third innings. I really, really liked Edgar, Edgar Garcia though. He had like a 97 mile per hour sinking, like tailing fastball. Really good slider, really good changeup, really good control of all those pitches. The one run was just like a little dinky single that Charlie Barnes ended up letting score. Point is, Twins got absolutely whooped. Not going to – just we'll move on. Yeah, then let's do it. Yesterday, the Twins with a very, very impressive win against the White Sox. Griffin Jacks, man. Six innings, three runs. It was just one bad inning, really. Five hits, one walk. 10 strikeouts, Malcolm. 10 strikeouts. I mean, his stuff looked unbelievable yesterday. He looks really, really good. Six innings, three runs might be, you know, the ERA might look a little bit wishy-washy. You know, a one whip is good. But I feel like just it's such a good White Sox lineup with a lot of their guys are getting healthy again. I was just really pleased with Griffin Jacks, man. I, and I have been recently. Yeah. And then John John Gant, Tyler Duffy, Alex Colomay worked scoreless innings. Really good innings, by the way. And um, then uh, what about the offensive side? Let's look at that. I would say just on the pitching, I was really happy with Jax. Yeah. It was great seeing yeah. that five hits, one walk over six innings. This is just 
he pitched really, really well. Lined up a couple of bombs, but that's about it for the scoring off of him. But for me, even more so than that, it's relief pitching. The fact that we were able to get three shadow innings in a one-run game was huge. Yep. Gant, Duffy, Colme. I mean, coming into the year, Duffy, Colme pitching scores eighth and ninth of the one-run lead against the White Sox in August was what we said was going to happen. We just thought that that would be the game that gave us a division lead, not that <laughs> moved us from 20 and a half games back to 19 and a half games back or whatever. Like, yeah. This is how we wanted it to be happening. With the, this is how we saw this twin season going. We'd be winning four or three games against the White Sox with a shutdown bullpen after a quality start and a few big hits. But yep. it's just the games don't matter right now against the White Sox the way we thought they would. But it's still always fun to take one from them because they think they're so good and just to knock them down a peg is fun. Yeah. Um, so against and against Dallas Keuchel, who he's had a bit of an off season, but it's still, you know, that's just for his standards. He still had a pretty good season. Um, anyways, Twins jumped on him early, uh, scoring two in the first. Then in the third, Adam Engel, Jose Ray, back-to-back homers. We lost the lead. And then Williams, Acidio, your episode today is brought to you by him. With a two-run go-ahead homer in the bottom of the sixth, man, that was electric. I just, you know, you don't often see Target Field all electric anymore, but it it, it just watching from the TV, I guess, you know, it, it just looks really cool and uh, good for him. You know, I don't really think he'll get too much starting time. Um, just I, I don't know, he's kind of a mascot. I've said this a lot. I love the guy. But um, don't expect too much too much playing time for him. But it was really awesome to see him get this moment. They knew it made a nice play with the double play. He was getting all fired up. So watching him was really fun. Twins take on the Sox today at 12-10. I'll try to be there. It's the rubber match. And we'll keep you posted on that one. Hopefully on our Instagram story. Go follow that. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, if the Twins can take two series from the Sox and the Strohs, and then we've got the Rays coming to town, Nelson Cruz. I mean, that would just – it would just be an impressive stretch, not for the sake of the division and where we stand, but for the sake of the future of our team, that we're doing this with so many injuries and an absolutely abysmal pitching staff. I, I mean, I would be just more than happy to see us um, be this White Sox club today. Yeah, it'd be nice just to see us get some respect because, like, look around baseball now. And we'll be power ranking twins like 26th every week, which, I mean, that's how we've been playing. Yeah. But I just think that we are a better team than that, even if our record hasn't shown it. And I feel like winning a few games and moving up, just so people like see that we're not a completely awful ball club because we aren't. There's so much talent here. There's been injuries. It just hasn't come together. And we've had bad timing and lost a lot of close games. And there's been a lot that's gone wrong. So just to win a few close ones even would be huge for just how people view us. And hopefully it'll help convince our front office that we need to compete going into next year. Because there's people saying we should tear it all down and restart. But I think with that lineup, you just make a, good, a few good signings in the pitching staff. Maeda turns it around a little bit. Pineda keeps doing what he's been doing. And with that, you've got a fairly dominant team again. Like you could, I could very easily see us winning the AL Central next year, despite the fact this year has gone so awfully. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so let's talk about some of those, some of those, uh, you know, that's a perfect segue into our next section. Who is hot and who is not? I am going to uh, 
take this the, the starting on this one, and I am going to go with none other than Jorge Polanco. I had to take an easy one. Jorge Polanco, man, he's been uh, he's been something else this year. I mean, the overall numbers peg him about like a bit of, about a bit above average. I'd call it. Um, uh, I'd call it a bit above average stats for a second baseman so far this year. But I mean, overall, I mean, okay. You look at 272 average, 333 on base, 481 slugging to with an OPS of 814. I mean, those don't that doesn't jump off the page like too well. But look, over his last 30 games, Jorge Polanco is batting 330 with an on base of 376, a slugging percentage of 635. That's a I got this 1.011, I believe. Uh, uh, OPS, which is amazing, over th- over his last thirty games with ten homers. Um, I mean, the guy's just been unbelievable. His strikeout numbers have gone down. His walk numbers have stayed about the same. But the guy's hitting the ball every at bat, so it's hard to do any of those when you're hitting a two, you know, a grand slam every time you're coming to the plate. The guy's just amazing. He's he's. He's the re- we kind of are realizing why he's in this lineup. Healthy Hari Polanco is one of the best players on this Minnesota Twins team, one of the best second basemen in the league. If Hori Polanco had a season like this before, you know, getting some time off for his injuries, an all star in this year, but it's he's so under the radar because he sucked at the beginning of the year, as did every single Minnesota Twins player. But you know, Polanco, he had two two ankle injuries the past two seasons. And now he's finally looking comfortable on his ankle, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it. He's just looked amazing. Yeah, um, it's been super fun to see him doing what he can do again because 2018, the first half of the season, he was AL starting shortstop in the All-Star game, and deservedly so. He had an incredible year that year. And then he got hurt. He hurt his ankle in August and just wasn't the same player the rest of the year. And then coming to 2020, we're like, all right, you can tell he'll see him have another year like the first half of 2019, and then he hurt his ankle again and had to get surgery again for second straight offseason. Coming this year, we were like, I'm just hoping he'll be healthy. Like, I don't even care about the production that much. Like, I just want to see him be able to stay on the field. And he has not only done that, but he has been productive. And he's shown why the Twins had faith in him, and they gave him that extension a couple off seasons ago. Because they want this guy around. He's a big part of their plans. And we moved him to second base because he wasn't as fit at shortstop long-term. But we wanted to keep his bat in the lineup. As a switch hitter, batting one or two, he's a huge player to have. Gets on base, hits for power, does it all. And it's super fun to watch do it. For sure, for sure. All, all right. right. I think it's my pick then. It is. It is. And I'm going to go with the other twin second baseman. Um, been playing a lot of left field this year too. Um, one of my favorite players, I guess my favorite player on the twins and really in all of baseball, Luis Arise. Wow. Um, he's been smoking the baseball everywhere and he just, he gets hits, man. He's slugging's only four Oh four, but he's got three nineteen batting average right now that has just been rising in recent weeks. I, it's really fun to watch him hit because when he's on, he almost never strikes out and just, hits the gaps. He doesn't hit for home runs. He's a doubles. His power is doubles, but he's got four triples this year and a bunch of doubles and 
Uh, I've got the number here. 12 doubles, four triples, only one home run, but 86 total hits, like in 304 plate appearances. This is very impressive. I just love watching this guy's hit, man. It's it's really exciting to watch him hit. I wish his because uh, I I'm not the biggest on slugging. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it does show your power, but again, if you're a guy like Luis Arias, slugging is almost irrelevant. You know, slugging does not matter unless you're talking, you know, doubles. But like the guy's not going to hit home runs, so I feel like that's such like a downgrade to his like slugging and thus his OPS. But yeah, Malcolm, the 24 year old out of San Felipe, Felipe, Felipe. We'll have I think it's Felipe. Felipe, Venezuela. Um, he's 24. I feel like that's something else that is not talked about enough. Um, he's had a a career 326 batting average in 202 games, so that's over a season. It's not just a fluke. This guy's reminding me of Nick Nick Madrigal. You know, who was supposed to be a building block in the White Sox organization. I feel like I've seen a lot of the same thing in Luis Arias. And, uh, you know, Madrigal was looked on a lot more highly than Arias, but Arias has been doing Madrigal stuff. Again, 274 plate appearances, 2.9 war, 318 batting average. I mean, that is good stuff right there. Um, he's just an on base machine. He's gone on base. Like, I, it feels like every game. For, for a while now. So he's on a hot streak. He's been batting like 400 over his past 10 games. It's crazy. Watch out for Luis Arias, man. Yeah, I mean, he still hasn't had a full season in baseball. His rookie year, he got called up midway through the year, got 92 games, then missed half the year last year in a 60-game season, only up with 32 games played. And this year, he's only at 77 because he's missed time. Probably in the year, a little over 100 games played. But suddenly on a full season, I just love to see him go for full season and win a batting title one of these next couple of years because it's totally within his skill set to do that. And I, it would be so much fun to see that happen for him. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I really big on Luis Suarez, and hey, it's he's your favorite player, which I did not know that he is your hundred percent favorite player all across baseball. So that's good to know, and that's like I can definitely get behind that. I can definitely get behind that. Um, it is now my turn, and I'm going to discuss Minnesota Twins new pitcher. And 2022 reliever of the year, John Gant. Um, I, I mean, I genuinely think that if John Gant, I, John Gant could stay in this bullpen if he keeps this up. He has been amazing. With the Minnesota Twins, John Gant has a 1.59 ERA, 1.59 in five games. With four hits, one run, eight strikeouts to just one walk, he's got an ERA plus of 280, a fifth of .88, so he's almost getting unluckier than his numbers show. A whip at .882, strikeouts per nine are 12.7, walks per nine at 1.6. Those are those are off-the-charts numbers. Um, I think his one run – was his run run a homer? Because it says – oh, that's his run. I was like, What? Um, no, yeah, uh, hits per nine are good, walks per nine good, homers per nine amazing, hasn't given up a homer yet. I mean, it's only five and two-thirds innings, but John Gant looks really good as compared to with St. Louis. You know, 3.42 ERA looks really good, but he had a 5.12 FIP, 1.527 whip, strikeouts per nine and walks per nine were the exact same at 6.6. And now he's gone down by five walks per nine and up 
by about six, by over six strikeouts per nine. Um, that's from one strikeouts to walk ratio to eight strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, John Gant, he's got a nasty sinker that can touch like 96, 97. He's got a real good slider that I like. He's got a nice change up. He can sometimes mix in that four seam fastball. Yesterday he was mixing in that four seamer that will hit like 97, which can be deceiving. If a guy's throwing a, a four seam and a sinker, and you know you you're expecting that uh, that four seamer, but then it, it dips a little bit, but it's still like the same speed. That's very deceiving, and that is why he has had success. But the main reason he's had success is the control. His control was absolutely terrible. Six point six walks per nine with St. Louis. That's down to one point six. Maybe you know I'm not saying Wes Johnson fixed him, but there could be something mechanical that he's been struggling with all of his career. And now Wes Johnson has kind of you know helped him out with that. So. Um, I really hope John Gant can keep it up. Um, you know, he's 28 years old. He's not, he's not old by any means. And so I could, I could see him getting some sort of uh, role in the twins bullpen next year. If he keeps this up. Yeah. I loved we were able to get in for J Hap because yeah. J Hap was <laughs> awful. And the fact we were able to get someone with this kind of talent for him is incredible to me. And yes, he's had control problems and those could very easily resurface tomorrow and never go away again. But that's, Control problems are something that you just have to risk with a young pitcher. He's not that young. But just, like, that's something that, like, no, you're not going to be able to trade for a perfect pitcher. You're not going to trade for Jacob deGrom. There's going to be some problems. But if they have the stuff and are missing the control, that's something you can usually fix. Or there's some ways you can at least make it progress with that and get them to a point where they can be a dominant reliever. And I – West Johnson has not had a great year – or the Twins pitch staff hasn't had a great year this year. I don't know how much of that is to West Johnson's blame. But if he can turn someone like John Gant around and help get these young pitches on track, I still believe that Wes Johnson's a great pitching coach because of everything he's done the last few years. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can blame uh, Wes Johnson. I'm putting this season on the, uh, the front office. Don't not saying we should have a clean house or anything. They've done amazing, amazing things for the Twins in 2017, 18, 19, 20. It's been amazing. But, um, yeah, I just think that I don't think I don't know. I don't think uh, Wes Johnson had too much to work with. I mean, Robles has been blown up. He's been absolutely blown out of the water with the Red Sox as well. He had like a 90 RA with them last I checked. Um, so that's just Robles being Robles this year. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, Colomay's looked better. Our bullpen's been really good recently, which, I mean, kind of tells you. It's like these guys have been getting better and better. So Wes Johnson's doing his, doing his job. I've always loved Wes Johnson and what he's done with pitching, but uh, I just feel like he was dealt like an impossible card this year. Yeah. Well, so you just said that I'm going to take my next pick, which is Alex Colomay, the guy you just mentioned. I did not expect to be saying his name on the who's hot list after the first month of the season. I expected to see him on the DFA list. Yeah. Honestly, there was many points where I thought they should DFA him, but he's turned it around and found something. And in the last 14 days, He's gotten into six games with no runs allowed. Only one hit. It's been really good. Two walks, four strikeouts in that time. Over the last month of baseball, he's gotten into 11 games with a – I just had it here. With a 2.45 ERA. Like, he's been good. This is what we wanted him for. It's just he got into some – he didn't do well early in the year, and I think a big part of that was some bad, batted ball luck. Lots of balls got through that didn't necessarily need to, but also – he wasn't hitting his spots. He was getting behind in counts, and the guys were hammering him, and he's walking too many guys. And he's still 
walking a little more than you'd like to see, but he's been good, and it's it's fun watching Alex Coleman be good, and it's nice having a closer with Taylor Rogers out, someone with some closing experience to put at the back of the pen. And and that in those last fourteen days, he's gotten four saves and hasn't blown any. So yeah, I don't oh, know. For it's sure. good to see him doing a little better. It's still, it's just he's just a one year signing. We're not really gonna get anything out of him in the future, but it's good to have someone. I still don't trust him in the back of the bullpen, but a veteran guy you can put in there and know he won't be overwhelmed by the moment. Right. Um, yeah, I. I mean, Colin over his last 15 games has a four, uh, 2.4 ERA with a point, uh, 1.00 whip. And over his past, like, seven games, he's got a whip of 0.74 ERA, a little bit higher than that, at 2.84, but still really good numbers. Again, his walks per nine are down, his hits per nine are down. Everything is down except, you know, for any, any uh, good stats you're looking for. He's given up a lot of fly balls, I think, is another problem. Uh, he's supposed to be a great, he wants, you want to keep the ball on the ground. If you're a guy who relies on two pitches, sometimes through with that change up. Um, but if you're going to use two pitches, you've got to control them. And I feel like he's gotten a little bit better with controlling those pitches. I'm still not perfect. Still not even great by any means, but I, he's definitely improved. And so that's really good to see out of Alexander Colomay. Not a guy yeah. I want to see on the twins next year though. No, but I'm happy to see him doing a little better as a veteran yeah. guy. And yeah. I was excited when we made the signing. It didn't work out. That's going to happen sometimes. We thought we had something. It didn't work out well. But he could turn around and he could end this year if he can get on track with an ERA like 3-5, which yeah. isn't great. But, like, it's not it's all that different good. from what we signed it's, him it's for. It's just that well. all the bad outings were concentrated at the beginning of the year. So there was a point where he was yeah. the worst pitcher in all of baseball, and that's not good. But everyone's going to have their down stretches triggered. Some people have them to start the year. Some people have them in the middle of the year. Some people have them at the end of the year. And you're going to notice them a lot more if they start the year than if they're in the middle. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so I, it is now my turn. And I'm going to, unfortunately, have to bring us into our first who is not. Because while the Twins lineup and bullpen and pitching staff in general have been doing very good recently, one guy who is not is Brent Rooker. Brent Rooker, he's 26 year old, 26 years old, uh, six through two twenty five. Essentially a DH. He's made some nice plays out there in the field, but he's not going to be great for you. Um, I, he's basically a Nelson Cruz re- replacement. I like Rooker. I feel like he's got 30, 30 homer potential for like a ceiling, thirty to maybe even thirty five homers. He's got a lot of pop in that bat. Um, I could see him, you know, again having like a really, really good, some really, really good seasons with the Twins. He's twenty six years old, so he's not. He's not too old, but um, over his – I mean, he's just looked bad. Over his last 30 games, 30 games this year, um, he's got an average at one, uh, 163 on base of 226, slugging at 347. That's an OPS of – give me a second. 573. 573. So not great by any means. Um, and that's – you know, he's not looked good, Malcolm. I – I mean, I don't know if he needs some more time in the minors. I don't know if it's just, like, growing pains that he'll get through. You know, Larnick is going through a similar stretch, but he's kind of picking him back up. And, I, you know, I think Larnick is obviously better than Rooker. But, I don't know, Rooker just looks pretty lost at the plate right now. I don't know what he needs, but um, I hope that we can get it to him because, again, I really like Brent Rooker. I don't know. The Twins, we were saying for a while they need to call up Rooker. He was doing well in AAA and really – Bring out the big league, see what he can do. And then once the trade cruise is obvious, it's coming up to be the DH. 
because he can't really field. He doesn't. He plays first base and right field, but there, it's a very questionable fit there. Um, but I would say Rooker looking lost is like the Twins kind of saw it coming because they waited a long time to call him up if people thought they should. And I don't know. I was excited about him for a long time. He's got the pure power as much as anyone except Sano in the Twins organization. But it just it hasn't come through because he doesn't make enough contact and he doesn't take good at bats. And it's basically – he reminds me a little bit of Sano at points. Where, like, he's got the power, but he doesn't make enough contact to get to it. But all of a sudden, he'll get hot, and he'll hit six ones, six balls out in seven games. You know, like, this is why we have him on the team. Right. But I just feel like Sano is better defensively, and Sano's going to walk more. And so it's going to, like, even when Sano's struggling, he does look lost to the plate for stretches. But you still can see the talent there. And I just, there's times I just can't see it with Rooker. I can't see how he gets out of the slump. And I'm sure that after we say this, he'll break out, which maybe that's a good thing we're saying it then, and hit a few bombs. We'll be like, ooh, we proved us wrong, and then he'll go another one of these stretches because that's how it works with these guys. But I'm not sold on Rooker being a part of the future of this team, especially with how many good hitters we have. I don't feel the need to force him into the lineup. Yeah, and I feel like um, th- then that kind of raises the question, Malcolm, who do you think is the uh, DH of the future for the Twins? I mean, honestly, I think Miguel Sano should get some time there next year. He's not great defensively at first base, and Alex Kirloff is actually a very, very good defensive first baseman. I think Luis Arias should get some time there because he's 24 years old now and has had knee problems these last three years. So you clearly want to take him off his feet a little bit, but you want his bat lineup. Um, so I feel like those like the – two guys that get the most time there. And then you mix in Kirilov, Larnick, like use it as more of since when you have Nelson Cruz, you use you DH Nelson Cruz. Cause you just want to get Nelson Cruz lineup, but mo- very few teams have a true DH. So it's like five or six true DHs of baseball and the other nine or 10 teams, in the American league use it as a spot to rest some guys, just mix guys in, give them a day off their feet. That's how the Rays use DH really well is they just cycle guys through there. When it, whenever someone needs a day off, instead of giving them a day out of the lineup, you just, have them DH so they don't have to go out to the field every inning. And I feel like that's what we honestly should do with it. Unless I'm still on board with re-signing Nelson Cruz next offseason and bringing him back in. Because the guys love him here and I love him. And he seems to love it in Minnesota. But otherwise, I'd say you just use as a mix to give guys some rest. You can even mix Polanco in there because he's, like we were saying, has a good bat. But he's had ankle problems last year. So you can mix Kepler in there. You can mix Buxton in there to give him a few days off center fields. or can't run into any walls. Like, it's just a position you use a bunch of guys in because everyone can hit. Yep. This team is very good at hitting. That is something we happen to be, uh, I'd call, you know, I'd say we're exceptional at hitting, but our pitching has been very tough. Um, and yeah, I think I agree. I think Sano deserves a lot of time at DH. He hasn't been terrible at first base this year, but he's made some boneheaded mistakes. Um, he's made some just some plays where it's like, come on. I mean, that guy doesn't look like he should be at first base. And I feel like, you know, if you put Alex Kirloff at first base, you know, there's, you can, there's so many options for the outfield. You know, you've got Larnick, you've got Buxton, you've got a bunch of guys who can play outfield, like Austin Martin for the future, potentially. Um, you know, there are a lot of guys who Max Kepler, um, though there's rumors of a potential, you know, maybe even off season trade, which I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get into that right now. But, uh, again, Luis Rise as well, good point. With the knee injury, I think he's a guy who, if you get him off his feet, um, you know, bat him clean up, of course, at the DH spot. Um, 
he's going to have some really good seasons and the injury will not be as big of a problem. Yeah. I think that you have a lot of choices there and I just, I hope the twins don't go out and sign a DH because they feel like they need to sign DH. If Nelson Cruz falls into your lap, you want to get Nelson Cruz because you always want Nelson Cruz. But absent that, there's no need to force a DH. Yeah. I think you're up. All right. I guess I am. And I'm going to go with the who's nots. And it's a guy who talked a lot about Max. We're going to go with Anderson Simmons. We talked about him for a while last week. He just needs to go. I'm so done with Anderson Simmons right now. I don't see why we, you keep putting him in the lineup and send Nick Gordon down to the minors. Play Nick Gordon. See what you got there. He's been a top, Nick Gordon was a top prospect for us. And then he fell off the top prospect lists, and now he's been performing decently in the big leagues. But you want to give him a chance to really just like be the starting shortstop and see if he can actually be the guy we thought he could be five years ago. And Anderson Simmons, last 33 games played since the start of July, has a 12 WRC+. Plus, same scale as OPS+, plus that we like to use. 100 is league average. 12. He's 88% worse than the average hitter in baseball right over the last month. His isolated power is .009. That's basically just like takes out the singles out of slugging percentage. .009. He's been truly, truly awful at the plate. And negative .7 more. He hasn't even been that good defensively. Simmons has been crazy disappointing this year. Not at all we expect him. I didn't expect him to hit that much, but I thought he could be like a league average hitter and play some really good defense and just be a good leader to have. And, like, the defense would be huge with a, kind of a pitch-to-contact pitching staff, not a whole lot of strikeout guys. It hasn't been that at all with Simmons. It's just time to cut him loose and be done with it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's there's no way around it. Uh, he's been terrible. Defensively, he's been above average in the league. He's been I, th- I think he's been good, but he hasn't been, you know, we need him. If he's going to be an offensive, like, average offense, if he's going to be average offensively, we need him to play a gold glove shortstop with this lineup. And when he's below average defensively, you need, or when he's below average offensively, you need even more than that out of defense. And that just hasn't been there either. Yep. Hasn't been there at all. Um, So that's a bummer. Um, And about Nick Gordon, I disagree. And I also agree. I think Nick Gordon has potential. He's 25 next year. It'll be 20, his, in his 26 age, 26 season. Don't think he's the lost major league player, but, but, you know, this year in AAA he's been raking, but in the in the majors, I mean, I, he started off really, really well, and he looks like a guy who could be major league ready. But I don't. If the, if anybody were to be called up for the end of the season, how do I put this? I think it's not like it shouldn't be Nick Gordon, but I feel like like uh, Jose Miranda, I feel like has earned the spot a little bit more than Nick Gordon. Nick Gordon has had his chance. I'm not saying he's wasted it. But you know, a six thirty four OPS OPS plus of seventy nine uh, of seventy nine and ninety six at bats, so about hundred plate appearances. Um, so not bad. He's played a really good defensive uh, center field and a little bit of second base and uh, runs the bases really well. But Jose Miranda has been tearing it up, and I feel like you kind of got to give him the chance over Nick Gordon. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. And I'm sorry if you're big on Nick Gordon. I think he can be very good. I hope he proves me wrong. But right now, if we're testing out a bunch of different guys, what if, like, Jose Miranda just stays at AAA the rest of the year when he has the potential to, you know, hit, like, crazy for the rest of the year? What if he goes off, you know? Then 
I feel like it's just so much wasted talent. And it's like, are we really going to want to use him next year as much? Like when, if we're like leading in the division, do you think we're really going to want to have Jose Miranda, you know, like be a risk kind of risky kind of guy if everything goes wrong? Um, like, I, I mean, that's the only time I feel like we would use him next year is if everything goes wrong. But so I feel like it's now or never um, now or never as in now or after next year <laughs> for Jose yeah. Miranda. So while Nick Gordon deserves a chance, I feel like Jose Miranda deserves one more. So like, again, yeah, I agree, but I also disagree just in the sense that, you know, I feel like Jose Miranda has been tearing it up and he's just so much talent that could, that's kind of yeah. not being wasted, but I feel like we could use him so much better. I'm fine with being Jose Miranda too. I just, I don't want it to be Anderson Simmons is my main yeah. point. Like just give yeah. a prospect chance. There's so many good prospects with this. For all I care, call up Austin Martin. Make him the starting shortstop. He's probably not ready. But I'd rather see him than Anderson Simmons because he's going to be in the big leagues next year. And by the, this point next season, Austin Martin will have been called up to the big leagues. And I'd rather see him get called up now and maybe struggle a little bit, but just see what he can do rather than keep seeing Anderson Simmons throw it out there every day and go 0 for 3 with two strikeouts and not play great defense. Like, it's just yeah. I'm done with it and I want to move on. And Simmons hasn't been good. He started the year, he hit really hot for about the first week. And since then has just batted under 200 with zero power. Yeah, I was all, I was all pumped about him and everything. It's just been tough to watch. Um, I think now uh, this will be our last, um, you know, kind of round, I guess, of, of uh, who's hot and who's not. And I'm going to go with, it's kind of a who's hot. Trevor Larnick. Now, hear me out here. Hear me out. This season, he's it's been a tough season, really. 324 on base, that's not bad, but the slugging is just tough. I mean, he's been hitting a lot of singles, and we know he's got a lot of uh, power potential there. He, he's hit, like, the farthest home run in, for the Twins this year. He won, like, 464 to dead center at target field, which is pretty much impossible to do for most guys. 683 OPS. I mean, 227 batting average, 27 rubies, 7 homers. He's got a lot of potential. A .8 war. He plays a decent left field he's not he hasn't been terrible hasn't been amazing either but he's you know he, he plays left field or right field can play either um but that said over the past seven games he hasn't had any homers so i feel like that homer potential is like what could get his slugging you know going up but over his last seven games in 18 at bats he's had five he's had a 278 average 435 on base and a 444 slugging that's uh like that's I got this. I got this. I got this. Five eight seventy eight, eight seventy eight. Yes, OPS. Um, it wasn't listed here. That's kind of annoying. Um, eight seventy eight OPS. Um, which you know his strikeouts are still a bit high, but his walks have gone up. You know he's showing some patience. He's looking. He's looking better. He's been going through a lot of growing pains this year. It hasn't looked major league ready, but you know he's been turning it around. He's been an above average baseball player for the past seven games, which I'm, I'm kind of trying to use every, every uh, sense of ammunition here. But Trevor Lawrence is going to be a real dude in, uh, in the future. He's only 24. Um, and I'm really, really high on Trevor Lawrence. I just – I watched him for the first, like, month, and he was unbelievable. And, um, you know, I feel like he could uh, – he could – kind of tear it up for this last like month here, becoming an above average offensive player and then going to next year with some momentum and, um, you know, win MVP. Yeah, I can see that happening. I don't think it's necessarily going to happen. 
next year, but I feel like that's you can see he sh- definitely shows flashes of the player that he can be, which is an elite middle lineup, like three or four hitter guy you're scared to face. Other teams are scared to face, and he's the guy you want up in those big situations. And he has, for the most part, taken good at bats. He's just gotten pitched junk. No one's given him anything to hit. And he's showed some patience, but it's hard when you're a rookie trying to prove you can stick at the major league level to be that patient. And he has the plate discipline as a tool. But there's only so much you can do when you aren't getting pitches to hit. It's been pretty painful to watch. I was in the Houston series. He, He had a pretty good Houston series. Um, but there was one one at bat. It was like a seven pitch at bat. Worked it to full three and two, and there had already been a pitch that looked, you know, probably two inches inside. Which if it's like a couple, you want maybe two inches inside. I'm not too mad, but you know, it was kind of like a, uh, it's tough. You know, maybe if he's older or like more established, he gets that call, and then he takes a pitch probably four or five inches off the plate. Wasn't even close. Called for strike three. That's a called strike three in the books. It's a called strike three. It says Trevor Larnick struck out looking on your, you know, your MLB at bat. But we know that he really has that major league guy. I feel like he's had a major league guy at the plate and it's just gotten rung up on so many absolutely abysmal strike calls. Good pitches by the pitcher, but really, really good takes by him. And it just sucks to see that. And I hope he gets established sometime soon enough to where the umpires kind of know oh, he took that pitch. It's probably a ball, you know? Um, so I'm just waiting for that with him. And um, in the meantime, I guess we're going to have to be content with him um, taking his walks um, as much as he, as the umpires let him, I guess. And um, he's been hitting the ball well recently. And so I, you know, I just, something to, something to note right there. Yeah. I'm going to learn more who's hot. And it's one that I don't think, like, this is what I expect of him coming into the air. And he's been doing it recently. He's going to start the way. That's Kent Maeda. His last seven starts is 3.43 ERA, 11.4 strikeouts per nine. Like, he's been a good pitcher for the last month and a half of baseball now. He didn't start the year great, but this is about what we expect of him. We can't expect him to be the pitcher he was in 2020. That's not realistic. He found something there that was really, really good, but that's not really the player who he is long term. But he is a very, very good pitcher and just a reliable guy you can count on to be a mid-threes ERA, I feel like, and that's what he's done recently. And all early in the year, he struggled with control a little bit. And now that he's found that, he's got a great pitch mix, uses it well, knows what he's doing. Just a veteran pitcher, great guy to have. I've loved what I've seen from Kent Maeda lately. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like a lot of these guys, like Alex Colome, Kent Maeda, they started the, the year off so bad, and you're like, oh, this guy's going to have like a 10 ERA by the time the season's end. But um, you know, Kenta Maeda rocking a four six ninety ERA. It's below average or above average. I'm sorry, it's worse than league average. But um, you know, it's definitely been improving over his last. Hold on, uh, stall time for like ten seconds, Malcolm. Um, well, I'll just we're running out of time for this podcast. We don't have a whole lot longer because we got stuff to go do. Um, do. So while Max looks this up, I'm going to talk about the one last thing I want to touch on this podcast. Not who's hot, who's not. Is Byron Buxton? He's been hurt. For a long time now, long than expected. He got hurt, and then he came back for like three games. I got hit in the hand with a pitch and has been out with a broken hand now for a while. But he's getting close to getting back. I'm hoping we'll see a rehab assignment in the next few weeks. Um, he, I heard he was taking BP on the field and taking fly balls, shagging fly balls on the field before the game. 
which is a great sign. And I'm just really hopeful we'll get to see him for a little while before the season gets up. Because, I mean, he could end up top 10 in the MVP voting if he just gets another 30 games in. Even though he missed, even then he'll have only played 60 games out of 162. Like, he's played 27 games so far and is top 50 in baseball and war. That's it's the thing. It's insane. If you, if you like, I feel like if he wins MVP this year, which he won't, but if he does, um, and he has, like, because, again, if he plays 30 games, he could have a top, like, 20 war in the league at least. Yeah. It's like people are going to be like, oh, well, he only played 60 games. You know, what if he played the whole season? It's like, but he was still one of the most valuable players war-wise, which is, you know, measure the guy's value in the entire league. It's like, I feel like that can't be uh, – that can't be taken back. So he took uh, he took full batting practice and ran the bases. Took full um, outfield pra- you know practice, and he's been ramping it up a lot. I would not be crazy surprised to see him at you know play for St. Paul within a week and a half. I wouldn't be unbelievably surprised. I'd be a little bit surprised, but I feel like you know there's a chance. There's a chance. So let's. Let's hope. And I found the sign of Kent's my just the past seven games, three four three ERA, one point oh four whip, four about forty innings, been really good. He's been limiting the walks, he's been limiting the hits, he's been getting a lot of strikeouts, it looks good. That's all I had for that. Nice. Um so. I, this is about all the time we have for today. I think we touched on all the stuff we wanted to do. Um, is there anything more you want to add before we wrap this up, Max? Just really, really quickly. Um, I wanna just you know, just kind of touch on some stuff in the minors. Uh, so the twins um, in the minor league system, Joe Ryan just got added to the St. Paul Saints AAA. Austin Martin um, at AA Wichita has been tearing it up. He's got an OPS of over one bout of one dots. Like it's like one dot 100. I don't even know. It's a really high OPS. It's really good. It's played a pretty terrible uh, shortstop, but in you know the outfield, he's looked pretty good, and he's like his base running has been amazing. I didn't know he was that good of a base runner, but his base running has been nasty. He's wreaking havoc. Um, it's been awesome to see. Then Jordan Blazovic, um has been as well. He's been pretty good recently. So look for those guys to be called up to AAA relatively soon. As far as some other guys go, again, Joe Ryan going to be probably pitching in his first game with the Saints. Could be tomorrow. Could be the next day. Um, could even be tonight. Probably not, but you never know. And then, you know, Drew Strotman looking good, Jose Miranda looking good. So just some updates, you know, there are just guys to keep keep looking at. And um, there are some other guys like Giovanni Moran, who we'll get a little bit into our prospects next next week. I think that'd be a good idea. Um, yeah. But those are just some names to keep in mind when you're uh, thinking about who could make an impact in the future for the Twins. All right. Um, we're hoping for some more positive vibes from the Twins this next week. It'd be fun to take another from the White Sox. Show them that until they actually clinch it, we're still the Kings AL Central. <laughs> it's not over yet. Though it will be kind of soon. It's kind of sad how close they are to clinching when it's still the middle of August. But that's going to wrap us up for today. We'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore breakdown. That's B O M B A underscore B R E A K D O W N. Find us on Twitter at Bomba Breakdown. We have an email, Bomba Breakdown at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or for us to get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown.